Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening, Baltimore surrounding areas. Welcome to Man in the Mirror with your host and hostess, Kai and Michelle. Tonight, we have a very special guest and fellow author. We have Pastor Stephen Music Man Turner himself, writer of a new novel, The Other Pulpit. Welcome to the show, um, Pastor Turner. Uh, bless you, Bishop Turner. Ah, here we go. Here we go. Welcome to the show, and uh, won't you give uh, won't you give uh, uh, a welcome to, um, from Michelle? Welcome back to the show, Michelle. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Glad to be back. Yes, we have an exciting show tonight. Um, and that fellow author, it's always good to have a fellow author on the show because they basically, you know, when you've written your first book or when you've written a book, you know, you like to see what other authors have gone through as they were, you know, working on their books as well. And as always, if you guys want to chime in, you can do so by pressing the number one on your phone. And we will start off with prayers always so we make sure that God is in the house and on the air and on the airways. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we just bow down this humble service. Lord, thank you, Lord, for lying down last night. Lord, thank you, Lord, for waking us up to a day we've never seen before. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the mercies seen and unseen. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for grace. Even when we don't deserve it, Lord, you still give it to us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for love. We thank you, Lord, for our families. We thank you, Lord, for our children. We thank you, Lord, for traveling mercies over the busy highways and byways, Lord. You Lord, for our guest tonight. Continue to bless him, Lord, in his endeavors, Lord, as a musician, as an author, as a father, as a husband, as a son, you know, Lord, you know, you know, all the things that we, all the hats that we wear, people really don't know what we go through, Lord. But continue to bless um, Pastor Turner in a mighty way as he just enlightens us on his look and his journey with his book, The Other Pulpit. We will never fail to give you all glory, honor, and praise when we ask all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. And before we start, you know, before we let let this man loose, we want to just give some information about, a little bit of info, you know, a little nuggets about um, Dr. Pastor Stephen Music Man Turner. Pastor Stephen Turner, affectionately called the Music Man, has been providing impacting kingdom ministry in the world and in music. His passion for the work of the kingdom is greatly personified in his preached sermons as well as his melodically sermonic sounds of music. He has been bringing his pulpit passionate word for the kingdom for over 50 years. Wow, he's old. And has been providing replacement on call 
and acting ministries of music and churches in the DMV and New York region since 1994. Wow, he goes way back. He started playing classical piano at the age of four and has been serving in music ministry, oh, Lord, for 53 years plus. So, yeah, that's a lot of years. That's a lot of years. But we like to have fun on the show, and, you know, I, I as a musician as well, but you know, I ain't going to go back to when I started playing, but um, he started playing when he was four, and classical music is a, is a key to a lot of music as we grow up. But um, Dr. Turner, we're going to release you, but um, you have about 26 minutes at midpoint. You know, we, you know, have a little break, and then we come back. But just, you know, tell the show and I, tell us your story. Because we know at four, you know, it's kind of hard to actually start learning music anyway. You know, and classical music at the age of four is not the easiest thing to start learning. So just give us, tell us your life. Because our, our motto on this show and our mantra is real people, real stories, real overcomers. People think that when you're at this point in your life, especially as an author, that, yeah, it was easy. You did it. But... We all have our struggles in life, and, you know, that's why we bring people on a have stories, real stories, so we can, you know, continue to show the, let these, um, let these things continue to go on, on demand, let people just hear it. So I'm going to let you go. You know, I know, you know, when you're a pastor, you let the pastor go, you're in trouble, but, you know, I'm going to let you go, and you just tell us your story. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Okay. Amen. <laughs> first lady, how you feel? First lady, how you feel? God bless you. Um, yes, uh, I came from uh, first uh, greetings to everybody, and I wouldn't be here if it weren't for God's grace and mercy. And so He brought me this far. Um, I want to say that I came from deep generations of musicians. The Turner family, the Bailey family, uh, was entrenched with music. Uh, my aunts and uncles had music groups uh, before I was uh, an idea. And my mama, um, the late, great Sister Annie Mae Turner from First Apostolic Faith Institutional Church was uh, pegged at age 15 to uh, start a, a radio chorus to accompany the great, venerable Bishop Winfield Amos Showell into the studios of WAN in Annapolis to uh, sing before he preached. And um, they traveled throughout the USA. And I understand from her when she was alive that even went to Carnegie Hall. And so um, somewhere at age maybe five or seven, I began to um, come off the front front bench, shaking everybody's hand and uh, being watched by all my aunts and uncles and mama who made up the choir uh, to actually get on the choir uh, as a fat, chubby kid (laughs) to – sing songs and all that. They had a 9 o'clock p.m. broadcast and uh, was acquired that, that uh, sung the theme song, Like a Ship That's Tossed and Driven, Battered by an Angry Sea. And I did that again for 46 years. So uh, somewhere along the line, as I began to uh, play secretly, uh, moved from the piano to the organ, she wanted me to actually play for the choir. And um, so that was her, her dream and goal. She was trying to develop a leader and I was trying as hard as I could not to become one because I like to stay in the shadows. And so somewhere between the church and 
getting my first job, which is working, uh, can I say this? We call it alphabet soup in the D.C. quarter. I worked for the FBI for about seven years. Recruited me out of high school at, at the greatest high school on the planet. That was Polly. <laughs> can I get a yeah? Okay, Polly. And so, um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I uh, yeah. came to school, there you, go. Which I, you got your yeah. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I got to get you, man. Amen. <laughs> so I got, so we were recruited, and uh, um, a friend of mine actually had detention. That's what I thought he had, and I was in there making fun of him. When a man came up and started talking, and I was always taught not to be rude, so I sat down and ended up getting a job. He didn't. <laughs> so, uh, so I stayed at seven years, and uh, eventually came back and uh, back to Baltimore, uh, working, you know, uh, for those those day, those years, and um, began to play for other people. I think I was playing for Mount Calvary Holy Temple for 14 years. And um, I was with uh, Dr. Amanda Williams, and she was the wife of Bishop Harold Ivory Williams, uh, who later became the husband of Shirley Caesar. And uh, Amanda Williams was my mother, were great friends. So one day, I think, uh, 1980, when I got a job, uh, before I could, the FBI, I had a freeze on. And so at some point, uh, my, my mama and Amanda Williams were going to go shopping. They rode by the church. 1911 Bloomingdale Road, and they said, uh, Mama said, he's uh, eating up everything in the house, so I need something for him to do. And she said, well, bring him to the church, and we'll make a leader out of him, and we'll give him a group and uh, young young people, and he can we'll get systematic to teach him how to play by ear right in the service, and he'll be great. And she thought about it. She said, that, that makes sense. And I was 18, strong, you know, weightlifter, and I was like, I leaned up in the chair and be in the back seat. And I said, wait a minute, y'all are planning my life. Don't I have a say in this situation? And they both looked, looked back at the same time and say, sit down, for, sit back before we slap the crap at you. <laughs> and so I sat back angry, but it was, uh, it was the future. And so, uh, you know, coming into another church, uh, not being a member, you know, you had to go through what you had to go through. So I stayed there 14 years and, and sat and learned some things. And, um, you know, I toughened my skin because I wasn't always well-received. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm going back there tomorrow because uh, one of the sons uh, has asked me to come back uh, because his father, who kept me in music uh, when I was hurt, said that he's he's preaching. And so, you know, the ups and downs of music. So the uh, point is that as I move further, um, I came between various jobs, I've always been in sales and marketing. I uh, decided to uh, join the police force. It's a tough road, and I didn't know I was accepted until they called me and said uh, on a Friday that we didn't want you to report to work on Monday. And I said, okay, but I need to get my job for two weeks' notice. She said, you want the job or not? I thought perhaps maybe a, <laughs> it was an omen, but I, I didn't listen to myself, so I went down there. Spent five years, and uh, somewhere along the line, uh, someone knew I could play the organ. I started playing for all the commencement exercises and the community uh, graduations for pastors in the police department. And at that time, I was the, I was uh, like Christ, the hero. They threw palms at my feet and everything. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, that's a long story. I'll leave, I'll leave that alone. Uh, so I risked my neck uh, trying to uh, save people uh, in the Northern District and also the. Uh, the Western District, Sandtown, where the uprisings, oh, I'm sorry, the riots were. 
Yeah, I'm not politically correct. So, <laughs> so I still played at different churches and sometimes up to five churches a Sunday. And my mama said to me, I don't care where you play at, but you better be back here at the church at, before 9 p.m. to sing on this radio broadcast. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? And I said, yes, ma'am. And in those days, you could only say, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so that's that's what it was. And I, I, I used to play for the, a group called the Bells of Joy, David Harrison, those guys. And uh, they traveled around the country, and, and I traveled with them as much as I could. Um, I just never got paid when it was time for those kind of engagements. I'm not sure how that happened. <laughs> but uh, we played anyway. And uh, if you can imagine 10 or 15 guys crammed into a a, a, a van but no backseat, you know, you see the commercial where the guy opens up a bag of Doritos and somebody puts his hand in, uh, and then everybody else puts their hand in next thing they got nothing. That's how I was with the box of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> we scratched to survive. I had some money, so I got some chicken. Well, can I get a piece? Before I know it, it was all gone. Okay. This ain't working too well. Um, we went up to Buffalo, New York, in a blizzard with no heat. <laughs> this is the real side of gospel, where you don't have a contract wow. and don't have a match. Yeah, yeah, freezing, going from Buffalo to Rochester on the weekend, and it's cold as I don't know what. Still got to be up there to sing. I'm going down, going down to Mississippi, where it's so poor, I've never seen third world conditions in my life until I went past uh, the poorest section of Mississippi when we're down to play. Uh, let me see, I've even played for an all-female quartet group. It's called the Stroman Singers. Yeah, and, um, you know, they, they did some traveling and uh, there was another group also, Yielded Vessels. I played for them. If I kept going about this, I could be probably going on for quite some time. But um, there were a lot, you know, a lot of groups. The Praise, uh, let see, the Praise Community Choir, which is now Juan Santiago, and Uninhibited Praise, who's now big in North Cackalacky. It's got record, record deals now, but back then, in those days, uh, he had nothing. So, yeah, I'm usually the one who starts. When you have nothing. <laughs> so, um, matter of fact, uh, remember little Cedric and the Haley Singers? I don't know if you remember that. You're, you're, you said you were a little old, so I thought you could remember. They became uh, Cisco. Yeah, Orlando. Yeah, okay. So they became Jodeci. That was a group. Oh, and, uh, they, they, okay. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah that woke them up. That woke them up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was, uh, <laughs> thanks be to God that he is awake. So uh, that actually, um, they were they were uh, little century and the Haley singers when we first started. The commanding shepherds and all those guys. Uh, well, it was a tremendous amount of uh, quartet groups in Bowman, and I was uh, proud to be uh, a part of that because I, I was only child. So I come from a big family. I had a big family, but not immediate. And so I felt like, you know, like I was a part of the, of the, of the organization, the group, you know, playing for different people. Um, I met Stubby, one of the great keyboard players of Bethel, uh, playing for the AFRAM back when he was down, respectively, at the harbor. And I was sitting on, a, on the organ and um, preparing to play for the Bells of Joy. And when this, the Imani singers got up there and uh, he started singing a song, uh, playing a song, and singing a song that was, it had like maybe 10 or 12 key changes. <laughs> he would yell out for me, 
what the key change was. And so when we were finished, you know, I was thinking like moving on to another song and someone that came back said, uh, Hey, uh, sir. I said, yes. Says stubby says, thank you. It's okay. No problem. And then I was playing chords and I realized, Oh my God, it was <laughs> stubby Smith, the icon. I played for him. It's amazing. You know, so with this group, I also played, played for the Williams brothers when they were at the RK stadium um, uh, one of my aunts actually, Esther Melcher, uh, years ago, asked my asked my mama if I could uh, help her out at the Civic Center. And that's way back then. And while she sang a song, I'll be on stage <laughs> with my limited ability by ear to help her out with all those people in there. Uh, they came to see the Winans, and so I was scared to death. <laughs> and she said, "I want you to give a hand to my nephew." Steve Turner, <laughs> I was just like, can we just get through this, please, without any spotlights? And I want people to know who I am. I just want to help you out. Get out of here. <laughs> and then she shined a spotlight on my mama. And uh, Pauline Well Lewis, who and my mother were great friends. They met each other in the studios. Uh, and so at some point, I did the, did the check, you know, the sound check. I, was, I thought I was doing something. I thought I was doing something. Uh, Kai, I thought I was doing something. I thought I was running some chords. I thought I was doing some stuff. And then a man with a um, with a Stetson uh, quietly asked me, sir, can I get here? And I was like, sure, you can get here, sir. I don't know if you can do it. I, I just did, but you can get here. He hit one note, and I was like, oh, my God, he's super anointed. Who is this man? And who was it? Marvin Winans. <laughs> oh, Needless to say, I didn't want to get back on the keyboard anymore, right? Oh. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my musical uncles actually is Roland Joe Smith, who used to play for my mother's choir, and my god sister is Gloria Thompson. And she told me, my mother told me, she said, when you see these two people coming toward the organ, you get up off the organ, and you go sit down, and you learn some stuff. I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I also played for some other churches around the city, Washington Temple. I don't know if they're still around. Uh, Highway Church Apostolic, that's one I played for free for the joy of playing. And, uh, you know, people love you when you come play for free. You know, I'm just (laughs) just so excited. I would walk from Mount Calvary to walk down the highway, then go over to another church on Mondawmin, play there. And then uh, at some point, uh, then, you know, get down to the church for the the 9 o'clock broadcast. So um, I'm trying to think here. I've also done worked with... uh, a friend of mine, when I was doing security work uh, at, uh, at Westview Mall, he said, I'm leaving this job. We were police officers together, and we went over to this security company. I'm leaving this job. So where are you going? I'm going to have some new thing. What's it called? Downtown Partnership of Baltimore. Really? That's well, can, I, can you hook a brother up? <laughs> he said, yeah. So we went down there for the audition, the interview. It was a mass interview. There were 499 people in there. And uh, I became the 500th person. And uh, there were no seats available, but up the front, which I hate being up front. And so when I looked around on the first row, it was the third seat. I was being set up. So I sat down. I was, I was very upset <laughs> that I could not hide in the shadows. And uh, Mr. Everett Scruggs, the assistant director, came, ex-military man. He said, you will do whatever these merchants ask you to do uh, for this new quasi-paramilitary uh, organization of downtown partnership public safety guides, even if it means... You do something crazy like sing. So he stopped and he turned around to his left and he looked at me 
as he scanned the front row and said, stand up. I said, sir, yes, sir. Because <laughs> I was ex-Marine. And so he says, uh, sing. So I figured, I got 499 other people. What, what can I do? I can praise God. So I said, what a friend we have in Jesus. Uh, until he told me to stop and sit down. Then he said, not bad. So he went and told other people, and they began to find somebody on the clean sweep side. And we became actually the the marketing uh, efforts of uh, the downtown partnership. Uh, we were sang for CBS Morning America. We sang for Marty Bass. Um, by that time, I got to some other people that I knew from from the church who were actually Sammy Clowning to uh, make up a doo-wop group. <laughs> you can imagine us doo-wopping early in the morning. I got sunshine on the cloudy day. And the uh, funny part was the fact that the guy from the Clean Sweep Ambassador uh, side, they, they asked him to sing the second part. And he started to sing, and he forgot the words <laughs> on, on live TV. <laughs> so you see a Marty Bass doing a face plant. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it's just been a journey. I, um, I actually got in a lot of trouble because in 2000, I think, well, no, let me go back. 1997, I, I worked with uh, Reverend Willie Ray for about 14 years without pay. As he went and did the uh, uh, violence uh, visuals, prayer visuals, and my job was to bring artists to the streets to sing at the scenes of the uh, murders. And if I couldn't find one, then I had to sing myself. But I, I don't want to do that. So I tried to make it my business to find an artist to go and sing gospel on the street corner and uh, wherever that was. So he was the godfather. I want to salute him because anybody else comes after him is just, it's, you know, trying to follow in his footsteps. He's the godfather of that. And my um, hats off to him. Um, we did a lot of programs together with faith and no money. Uh, and so uh, the Lewis Goldstein talent show, that was that was my responsibility to bring uh, 14 groups uh, to the stage to that and MC it as well. That's how I got into MCing and master ceremonies kind of thing. Um, I also worked with a, a gentleman uh, who actually – put an ad out for someone to take over to be a, a band leader. And when I walked on Frederick Avenue, when I, uh, Nathan, Nathan Hunter, and when I uh, walked out, I walked out with two projects. One was Gospel Apollo. That's the promoter side. I got that from my, my mama. She was a promoter. Gospel Apollo and uh, Praise Jam 97 Live, which was Christian nightclub. And I asked, looked up in the sky and asked God, how am I going to do this? I don't know. You got to help me. And uh, he did. So we began to uh, uh, bring in a TV producer. We had a couple of segments on TV, which was incredible, and uh, became a spot. I uh, said, you know, if you really want to fill this place up, this should be the house of the, of the musician. He's like, what do you mean? That means musicians normally, after service, after we play a few chords, that's when you really start playing after you played all, you know, all morning, where stuff start flowing. And then by the time I get downstairs in the band, ain't no food left. <laughs> they ate it all. Pastor ate it all. First family ate it all. Visiting preachers ate it all. <laughs> Women and children ate it all. <laughs> Did you save me something? Good guy, you know, I'm up there struggling. I can't get any water. Can't get a juice. Uh, high fee. You can't That's why they call it just starving artists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I shouldn't starve in the house of God. It's going to be the house of bread. <laughs> and so I said, this ought to be, 
<laughs> this ought to be the house of the musician. He said, what do you mean? I said, what I mean is that the musicians should eat first. Good God, imagine that. And he's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's the MC. I said, everybody sit back in the seat. We're going to do something different today. Somebody said, yeah. Yeah. You may not like what I'm about to say, but every musician, raise your hand, every artist, you get to eat first. Oh, my God. <laughs> so yeah, you'd be, you be starting trouble with that one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's time for the for us to be respected and appreciated for who we who we are and what we do. A lot of hard work here. And also, another policy was that if you had your axe, your instrument, you got in free. Oh, so we had always had a band. <laughs> so, and then later we had the uh, we had the uh, double header on the, on the two, you know on the one night we had a double header at eleven o'clock. We had a gospel. Uh, uh, Praise Jam 97 Live Christian Nightclub, which did not receive, most pastors did not like that. Why you nightclub? It should be a day club. No, sir. <laughs> Bishop, apostle. <laughs> it is a uh, gospel nightclub. Okay. For, for folks to do something more, you know, more positive. And I think Mike just came along and saw what we were doing and all that and decided to do uh, do something that was called Stop, I think it was, off of what we were doing there. And, um, you know, so, you know, Christians need something else to do besides, you know, getting in trouble. <laughs> Can't stay in church all your life. Yeah, so uh, those are some of the endeavors. Um, and um, I'm trying to thank you as I, was, I scan the horizon. Uh, I have uh, in two, th- I'm sorry, 1995, actually a friend of mine, we were trying to be revolutionary and radical. And actually negotiate for artists. Uh, well, mercy. There are salaries and and benefits and things of the nature. So we he formed the Musicians Bank as the president, and I became the vice president to actually meet with uh, clergy and pastors and officials and try to talk to them about uh, honoring musicians and giving them benefits and their proper salary and things of the nature. So <clears throat> we also started a talk show. It was called the High Note down at WJRO in 15:90 a.m. back in 1995, and um, so I got my my feet wet into radio in that respect. And so um, in 2000, um, uh, I got a call from the owner George Dietrich. He passed on. He gave me. He asked me I could I could have uh, all this time on radio and talking and doing you know four hours a day or. Eight hours. I'm like, I, I don't have time for that. I just got a new job here at Orange Music. I'm a, I'm a big time director of institutional marketing. It sounds progressive here uh, in uh, Beltsville, Maryland. Uh, I have no staff, just me. <laughs> but I'm big time. <laughs> and it was trying to sell Yamaha Disclaviers in different churches around the, around the state. <laughs> so that was a job. <laughs> so the uh, so I put the phone down. And I'm thinking like I don't want to be bothered with this. And I, I got the you know the upper room. They say we had to close a fire over your head. And that's where I felt the heat. And I grabbed some paper and I, when I started writing. I came back and realized I had a talk show without a title. And so I called a, a friend of mine at the time and asked him about getting on air. And make a long story short, he suggested I go to WBGR when 8:60 a.m. in Towson. And so that's what I did. And some of the programs that I talked about under God's direction there, <clears throat> it would have probably got me locked up <laughs> today. 
And so we, uh, my first program member was called an interview with trustee X. And that was, we have a trustee who refuses to be identified, but she will tell us what, why it takes so long to get paid out of the trustee room. Good God, it might stay too. And so, I can have extra children by this time. And so, so she said, sometime in the church, it gets really, really, uh, you know, really progressive, and the pastor really preached, and people give. There's so much money. We don't know what to do with it. We have no training. We just walk around the money and circle it like the walls of Jericho. <laughs> so, I said, my, my God, pastors, please train your people in banking <laughs> so they can get us out of there. I have gotten in more trouble. I'm married now, but I was when I wasn't married, I was single. Woo-wee. I got in trouble because after the service, and here come, here come the vixens. They came. Oh, Brother Turner, how are you? I'm, I'm fine. Fine. As they, you know, uh, and, and and they were. I remember too. I won't mention the church. One was young, oh my God, and uh, she was a video girl before the video girl term came out. And the other was a, a seasoned, a little bit seasoned, but she was, you know, she was quite attractive at the time. And the woman attacked me from the front of the organ, that would set me on the side, sit down on a stool. It would kind of make you nervous. I was so sweating. <laughs> Especially if I had a girlfriend at the time and she was looking at me. <laughs> Woo! He said, I love the way you bring your hands across the keyboard. And I'm like, hello? Where is the check? <laughs> I didn't like help with somebody. I was like, I get out of here. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Please. At that note, yeah. Yeah. we're going to come back to that. We're going to take it. Uh, you don't got the shovel over there. <laughs> Hey, how's that? Michelle, uh, we try to go on break now. <laughs> you got uh, off, off with that one. <laughs> All right. You're good, okay, Michelle? <laughs> no. You'll have it. We got it. We got it. We got to slow down now. For just a minute. Just a few minutes. Just a few minutes because I think the master is trying to call somebody. But we are going to have a note from a few of our supporters. Music instruction for all learners, Inc., where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 443-574-5491 to talk to our instructors. Another sponsor is Kirby Boss Project. Kirby Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Kirby Chicks are Boss Chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Kirby Boss Project. Another sponsor is a very talented young lady, Diana Eaton of Diana Arlena Photography. For great pictures at a great price, contact Diana on Facebook at Diana Eaton. And we will be back in a few minutes as we listen to this beautiful song um, by one of the Winans' daughters, The Master's Calling.
You're listening live with the Man in the Mirror with your host, Ty Montgomery, and co-host, Michelle Johnson. We, you can call in at 646-668-2379. We have about 25 minutes left or so of the show, or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash n dash the mirror. We are having a excellent interview with Dr. Pastor, Minister, Stephen, a.k.a. Man, Music Man Turner. And he has given us a lot of stuff. And we left Pat Michelle with the giggles talking about how the women, you know, just, you know, recap. The women always come up to the musician at the end like vultures. And they had Dr. Turner, mm-hmm. you know, before he was, this was before, ladies, this was before he was married. Just remember that before he was married, you know, with Thank children, God. like Al Bundy, married married with children with Al Bundy, like Al Bundy. But, um, you know, you know, we left with him telling us about the women, you know, which is a typical thing because, you know, everybody, you know, the women hovers to the musicians, and that's, uh, that's, that's been going on from generation to generation. But with this uh, part of the show, we want to get back into we want to actually jump into well because he had a double book signing today so the man was busy and um the book just a little bit is called the other pulpit the other pulpit is an inspired writing that is long overdue this book is released to set free and inspire others about the power of forgiveness we are a nation of forgotten and discarded children of illicit affairs and relationships in the church, we were unable to raise the same. We were unable to be raised in the same home, or even acknowledged by society or the church at large. We were left behind without the means, perhaps only to survive. All of us saw great cathedrals and dynasties created for their first families and other favorite and other favorite cliches. We were outcasts. As spiritual lepers, we receive only what was considered the emotional scraps off the table. We are like the casualties of war. We were left for dead. Come and experience the other pulpit. Wow. That's just truly explicit. So as in you gave us a part of your life, you know, from age four or seven on up, you came from a family of, you know, family of musicians, you know, uh, uh, you know, century after century or generation after generation of musicians. Your mom had you, you know, playing for her, you know, with a radio group. You know, you were an FBI agent. You were a security guy. I mean, you've done it all. You know, marketing is nothing much. You, you know, you, you've been around for a minute, so there's nothing you haven't yeah, well, done already. And now, <laughs> and now you're an <laughs> author. And I like what the – this says, we are a nation of unforgotten and discarded children of illicit affairs and relationships in the church because it happens. People, These are things that people don't want to talk about, you know, but you're exposing it in your book. We were unable to raise, we were unable to be raised in the same home or even be acknowledged by society or the church at large. So, you know, just talk about this book and why you decided to write The Other Pulpit. Well, um, 
I would have people ask me questions uh, when I was, you know, coming up. They said, you look like this particular uh, pastor. And um, even they, they didn't have a nerve to ask me uh, directly. They would ask my mother. And she would she would give them a piece of her mind. And then they waited until after she passed away and asked, is your father, uh, not your father, is your father... Uh, so-and-so and so-and-so. And so, um, well, I, all I can say is uh, probably in the next book, if God lets me write it, I will actually come out and actually say who he who he was. Um, it may turn the city upside down. But uh, I recall, let me just put it this way, because if, if some of my stepbrothers are listening who know who I am um, and uh, despise me for the DNA that's running through my veins, I'll say this, that one day we were out together this anointed pastor and myself, my father, and uh, an old mayor who was a mayor at the time, William Donald Schaefer, uh, approached us uh, standing near uh, Fayette Street and said, I want to ask you a question, Pastor. He said, yes. Listen, uh, uh, who is this? <laughs> Talking about me. And he said, mm-hmm. he was a very astute man, mm-hmm. Governor, Governor Schaefer. He was mayor then. He said, is this your son? Uh, and I, I sat down like I'm thinking like my eyes. I feel like dropping to the bottom of the earth because I, I know that he cannot say to the mayor of the city of Baltimore that this is his illegitimate son. He cannot say that. And mm. uh, guess what he said? Guess what he said? Mm. He uh, I, say, I what did he say? Imagine. What did okay. he say? What did he say? He said, yes. He is. And I was redeemed. Uh, I was at value. Uh, I felt like I was somebody. Because anybody who is half of somebody who's got some eyes when he was young can look at me and see that I am him. <laughs> so there's mm-hmm. the book. Uh, looking like uh, a mini version of him. And so I wish I could preach like him. But my point is uh, he uh, did not have peace at home. He did not have peace and respect at home. Uh, and that's what chased him out in the street. Uh, haggard and belabored, that's what made him so anointed. But the point was that one of my br- brothers, God bless his soul, I dedicated my new book, Stormproof, to his memory, Bishop Douglas Cornish of the Greater Victory Deliverance Center, my, my brother, older brother, uh, and that story is awesome. How I how I met him. Uh, we actually played for him. Uh, we uh, went out uh, to different venues together. Uh, my wife re- re- recommended he he actually expand his church by opening up a store. Make a long story short is that when I had an event at Applebee's and someone forgot a picture, and he told me to take it out to a TV producer. A TV producer told me to take it out to that pastor. Uh, and he asked me a question. He said, do you know who your father is? And I said, yes, I know who my father is. My father is Jesus Christ. <laughs> he said, no. Mm-hmm. No. He opened the back of his trunk, pulled out a, a cellophane uh, picture of my father. He said, your father is my father. And I didn't take that too kindly. I, I posed up in, in a, in a, I'm from West Side, so I posed up in a West Side stance like <laughs> 
Oh my. You don't know, oh, you don't my. know me, yo. Yo, what's up? <laughs> you know me like that, man. What you talking about? Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. About to be yeah, popcorn. I'll tell you, I'm in the parking lot of Applebee's. <laughs> so, wow. So at some point, he went out to, to lunch because that's how he got me. And so he said, Look at your, our glasses are the same. You know, we have the same uh, type of glasses, different colors. And I didn't realize that the, the his nephew, who I was uh, teaching in the church that I had played for and and sung at all that time, that all those people in there, 90% are my family. I didn't know who, <laughs> that I was wow. in there with my own. He said, you got you got brothers and sisters all the way up the East Coast. You ain't got nothing to worry about. You know who they are. We got, matter of fact, you got a twin and a pastor down in Florida. looks just like you. He acts like you. And he even talks like it. he does business like you. It's scary, and that was that's what he was going to do: put us together. And um, but he passed away. We were going to write a book together about the whole experience, but he passed away. So I I salute his memory. So Stormproof, uh, which is the other book, is a collection of sermons uh, that I I got. I had four year four years of sermons sitting right here by my desk, and I haven't asked a, a publisher. And at first, I'm, this is funny, I guess, to some, is that as an apostolic uh, born and, and reared uh, <laughs> uh, member, uh, we're not supposed to write anything down. We're supposed to just preach it. And so uh, one day I said, my mom is not alive to know that I'm writing sermons down. Why am I doing this, God? <laughs> so I said, can you actually make a book out of sermons? And the publisher said, yeah, yes, you can. And so that's how Stoneproof came to be. It's uh, sermons, a collection of sermons. Uh, for those who are suffering and, and uh, going through some issues. And so now I will warn that, that, you know, if I hear this preached again out of my book, and then we have to do some talking <laughs> to all preachers. <laughs> you know, preachers like to steal, <laughs> steal sermons. I'm saying. Yes, all right. But, um, yeah, this is, this, is, uh, this is how it came, it came to be. Wow. Amen, amen, amen. I like it. I love it. And um, just give us some, you know, that's how it came to be. So now give us some insight on what's going on in your book. So those who may, you know, want, those who may be listening for our listening audience, you know, where can they purchase it? Give us your information um, so if they need to contact you. So, you know, just give us all the information so it's out there. So, you know, you don't have a double book signing today, but they may want to go purchase it on Amazon or in the stores or, you know, where can they purchase it? I, I wish it had been there. It was, it was hot. Uh, my goodness. We're, we're going to be on TV. Lakeisha Mosley show. It's a Jerry Royce live. Uh, this is going to be awesome. JNFenterprises.com, www.JNFenterprises.com is the publisher. You can get it from there. You can uh, Amazon. It's going to be up there very shortly. And um, the original version is also on uh, through Trafford.com and also Amazon. And or you can just uh, cut out the middleman and come directly to me, <laughs> CEO Direct, which is at 410-288-8788. That's the office line. Uh, you can call me directly at 410-302-2737 or inbox me at uh, Facebook, Stephen Turner Ministries. Uh, or if you like, Stephen Music Man Turner, and I also have a uh, Christian podcast, which is called Elevation Radio One. You got to take a listen sometime. It's normally on Saturdays at five thirty. We uh, 
we do uh, go through the cutting edge of um, going beyond, sometimes to beyond. Amen, amen, amen. And just shoot us the information, and we'll put that in the event page. So I don't know if Michelle got it or not, but she can actually get that put in the event page. And just make sure people can actually get your book, because as authors, we want to support each other. And that's why I love having authors on, because um, if it wasn't for my beloved wife, who actually got me started in blog talk radio years ago, my first mm-hmm. my first interview with my book, um, um, Rediscovering Pi, which is my memoirs of my life, and that's that's and this, um, Man in the Mirror is a byproduct from those interviews that I had. So you know it's it's important that we support each other, that we bring each other on. You know, meeting a young man like Leroy McKenzie Jr., who was on our show, who you know who I hey, oh. hey Leroy, I can go to him oh, and he'll right. get me an offer. Oh God, well, all right, Tisa, can I? <laughs> Oh, oh, you better be careful because he may be listening. So I'm not. I ain't scared of no Leroy McKenzie. Not scared of. Uh, so, so this is uh, this is what fancy authors do. This is what uh, aristocratic authors do. They use the word memoir. So my memoirs uh, shall be dictated. And uh, thank you so much, sir. So so your wife is the brains in operations, like like so much of my wife is. And you said that you were going right. to take me and my wife out for lunch. Is that right? That's fantastic. I accept your offer, sir. I accept it. <laughs> <laughs> he has a vivid imagination, but that's okay. He has a vivid <laughs> imagination. I don't know where all that came from. Oh, yeah, I like oh, it. I okay. like it. Well, me, you like and, it, and she can. You like she it. She can I eat like. now. She. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> she can eat yes, now. yes. I took her on the first date. You know, now we got uh, you. she. Hello? Hey, when you got you got those wives that can eat you in trouble. Uh, yes, that's sir. That's she ordered everything on the menu. And yes, sir. Right. She asked me what what did I, I want? And I said, oh, prepaid legal, prepaid legal. Thank you. Can't help you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you're on your own, sir. <laughs> no. oh, you see how he jumped shit? Jumped shit real quick, I tell you. God help us today. They, they jumped shit real quick. It's like, yeah, that's first I'm your brother, and next time I can't help you. Uh, you know, I'll tell I, you why. I, I think Pastor's. <laughs> I think Pastor Turner has a secret career in comedy. Maybe not so secret. <laughs> have you heard me? It, it's definitely comedy. Have you heard me play? <laughs> it's comedy. Uh, this young man is around years and still hitting those triads chords. Uh, <laughs> I please the fifth. But uh, we definitely are enjoying this. Oh, Lord, you done got the woman laughing again. Once she starts, she won't stop. But anyway, oh, I'm uh, we're definitely enjoying this interview. Michelle, you haven't said anything, so go ahead. You know, I, I don't know why I'm going to near the end of the show. But, um, you know, you have any questions Why? Right. Uh, comments? My laughter was, I was part just of the enjoying. conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I 
upset. My my laughter was a part of the conversation. But I oh, did okay, want to say okay. that I, I did want to say to Pastor uh, Turner, I mean, I I was tired just listening to everything you have done. And I think that it's probably going to need to be a part two. Maybe we can get through, with, you know, without all the last. I highly doubt it. But <laughs> this has been a really good interview. And uh, and I, I'm just really um, in awe of all the things because you skipped across so many things. I was just like over here typing like a crazy person. I didn't get to really ask any questions, but when I was listening to you, I, I was listening to you talk about your basically your activism in the music industry because when when you get when you're you know doing things that are unusual or fighting for some things in the industry that you're in, that's that's the activism. And I was listening to you talk about how God used you in, in so many ways. And so, you know, it's just a blessing. And I did get the information for, I'm, I'm looking it up to confirm everything now, but I did get the information for um, your book. And I hope everyone will go out and get your book because those issues that you were talking about in your book, they are, you know, I, if I can say that, because I don't, I don't want to get in trouble, but it's almost the underbelly of the church and some of the things that are going on, and, and we see them bubbled and come to the surface, and sometimes it's very public. You know, sometimes when things come out and it makes everybody maybe feel a little embarrassed, a little, you know, like, you know, we, we talk about it for a minute, uh, but for the most part it remains taboo and almost secretive. And so to put that those things out there, you know, so that people can have a conversation to create something that, that causes people to have a conversation about those things and then how you deal with them. Because you can't take a, a human being and sweep them under the rug. You can't take a person and sweep them under the rug. Right? And, that, and that's some of the things that come out from, from what goes on in the church, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but you know, we are all human. People are going to make mistakes, and that's what repentance is for. And that's, you know, that's what the love of God is for. And those are the things that we need to concentrate on. We are all going to make mistakes. The Word of God tells us that we are all going to fall short. But what we need to do is get back up. And so, you know, these things that people. We're going to make a mistake, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, don't encourage her. This is what I'm talking about. Don't encourage her. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead, sir. You get my point. Go ahead, sir. Yes, sir. Well, yeah, this is, this needs to be, these things need to be talked about, and so, I, I'm just, you know, glad to see that you're pumped in a conversation. <laughs> well, I'll just say, man, it's lonely at, at the bottom. It's lonely at the bottom. I, I have been blackballed, uh, ostracized. I've been threatened in the studios with WBGR, where a pastor who I played for, I won't call his name, had sent me a message uh, in front of other DJs and said, so gifted and talented, but can't find work because pastors in this city are scared of him. I said, man, who's that sorry son of a He said, you. You. He said that in oh, 2001. Wow. 
And so um, because I've talked about uh, issues, uh, even on the bottom line TV show when I was uh, on air with uh, <laughs> Lee Michaels and uh, and um, oh, last wow. time McKenzie. Lee Michaels. Uh, Lee, Lee, Lee's wolves. Big piece. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. And so uh, <laughs> I say whatever. It's that he didn't know how, how he got there to the show with the choir boys and all like that. I just happened to know the the, uh, the producer. Uh, that's a long story too. And so I, she said she was she did she was offended to watch Kirk Franklin ride across the Stellar Wars in a jeep. I said, Well, how offended are you? She said, I think gospel has gone too far. It said, sound like a show. She says, Well, how would I put it on? I said, Well, you need to get the old and the new. So I gave her information on these people. And so, uh, and I'll just be uh, blunt with this, that um, I said, I think Julius Brockman's ensemble was there and, and April Washington from CGI Records at the time, and uh, all the other musicians were there. Uh, and so I said, the church can't be poor and rich at the same time. You tell us musicians who serve you faithfully that you ain't got no money, and yet you uh, will pay Lee Michaels and you pay for, for, you know, broad, broadcast, and you'll pay uh, Fred Hammond, you'll pay John P. Key. I love John P. Key, uh, but you'll give him $10,000 at that at that time. Uh, and one night, he gets uh, what I get, which takes me two, three years to get collectively. He gets that one night. So how are you going to be poor and, and enriched at the same time? I said that you ought to be honorable to the musicians and the ministers of music who serve you faithfully every week and pay them what they do. And then Julius Brockers on someone jumped up. Yeah! <laughs> I said, no offense to Lee Michaels, but, he, you know, he don't play no uh, original music from uh, original artists that are struggling here in Baltimore, uh, that are from Baltimore. He plays somewhere else for some some other city. Uh, but he won't do anything for the artists that are here. You ought to do some folks come from here. That's what you ought to Amen. do, uh, young man. Amen. And so wow. he never, never, forgot, never forgot that, held that grudge against me, and he's still holding the grudge now. When I see him uh, at the rotunda, and I, my wife said to me, I was doing something called Praise Power, trying to feed the homeless, the poor, the widows, and all that in the community concert. Mm-hmm. She said, go and ask Lee Michaels to um, put his business out now. Go and ask Lee Michaels and see if he can help you. I said, no, sweetheart. I, uh, you know, oh, uh, so he's not going to work with me because he, he just don't like me. Oh, oh, rainbows and paradise. And my wife says, you know, one of those wonderful people. I said, okay. So he was by the hamburger truck, and I went, and I said, Mr. Michaels, uh, how are you doing? He looked up from the sun and looked at me and said, oh, excuse me, do I know you? Oh, you don't know me now. Well, I understand now. Uh, you, you know, you're, you're getting kind of old now. So, so let me see if I can help you. So I ran back uh, phrases of his life and how you recognized me 15 feet away of a church on Frederick Avenue. And you said, thank God that the, minister, that the music man is on the Hammond P3 organ when, you, when it was good for you to benefit from it. And I, you know, went through these, these tirades about different uh, episodes. So if you don't know who I am, I don't need to be anybody, but you didn't recognize me yesterday when I saw you walking down the hall on the uh, on the floor of Heaven's Thunder, and you saw me, and you didn't speak to me then. That's how I knew that you weren't going to speak to me now. But my wife believed in you, but I'm sorry to report that it's just a fallacy. I even interviewed for a musicianship in his church. He didn't know that when Will Smith, my friend who died, uh, was his minister of music and his uh, music director for his show. And he brought me in to to, um, to to actually play for the ADM service, and he had great great musicians there. And then he asked me to come back uh, stay for the 11 a.m. I said, "You mess with my money, man! <laughs> got to be able to play." He said, "But you sing to get more talent." 
Uh, but Will was my man, so I, I stayed and I sang and I got it on a CD somewhere. And he looked at me when he came in with his cape and said, you know, you look familiar. And I said, well, where did I meet you at? So I told him where we met at. And then he he put his head back and said, oh, yeah. Well, it needs to say I didn't get the job. <laughs> because after all that, wow. and I'm going to say now, uh, I even gave him my uh, my uh, my CD just last year, I think it was, at Applebee's. He had the nerve come in my spot, spot at Reichstown uh, Plaza. And I gave him a CD through the, through the, through the uh, waitress and uh, saw him get another cookout and, and he had the CD and all that. He's never, ever, never, ever, never, never, ever, never, ever played that CD, uh, which is professionally done and mastered, uh, but he'll play other people's CDs from other places. He's got to be in a click. And I don't like clicking and clacking. Listen, if you can't play music from a original right. artist tomorrow, then get off the air. It's time for you to go. And I, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Get at the vault. Get the music out the vault that you put them in, and release the music so that the the citizens, that the church can bless me and prosper because there's so much talent and anointing locked up in a vault somewhere in the Amazon. Release it and let it go. Right. Wow! But you just you just well, showed us that people are human. You just proved that yeah. people are human. You know. Air personalities are yeah. just as human as everyone else. So we, we look at them as all as they're like gods because they're on the air all the time and they have a following, you know, but and yeah. they have a church. But again, I always tell, you know, we always talk about church hurt and we had a, we actually did a sh- episode of that. It's not it's not church hurt, but it's called people hurt because church don't do nothing. It's people hurt people. Church don't hurt people. But um what? I wanted to back up a little bit since we, you know, ran out of time. It's like um, you when you mu- talk about the illegitimacy. It's going to yeah, it's going to be a part two. Um, not you know, but you're talking about the illegitimacy oh, and about you know people you know having kids in the church and people trying to keep everything hush hush. But we have to realize it's not only in the church. So that's why we have to. People try to stay inside the church and not go out and witness and talk about. It. You have to be say, you know what? We make the same mistakes in the church, but what we but what makes it different in the church is that we try to keep it hush hush, and you know nobody should know. Instead of doing what Jesus said, confess your sins and keep it moving. You know because as Michelle said, we all make mistakes. All have all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Just because you're in the church, that don't mean you ain't gonna make no mistakes in life. And that, that's the falsity that everybody thinks that, yeah, I'm in a church, but I'm not going to fall acceptable to those, those ladies that come up to the, you know, organ, you know, you know, when I'm, after I'm playing, you know, you know, stuff and like pastor, that. And the pastor, and the pastor, and the pastor, pastor, you preached, I think uh, you know you preached out. <laughs> <laughs> Can you come up with my, my house? Oh, anyway, and, um, like I said, because because that's oh. another that's that's another whole oh, like she said that's gonna be, <laughs> that's gonna be another whole 